Chapter Three of the Gilded Age. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dave Dwight. The Gilded Age by Mark Twain and Charles Dudley Warner. Chapter Three. Whatever the lagging, dragging journey may have been to the rest of the emigrants. It was a wonder and delight to the children, a world of enchantment, and they believed it to be peopled with the mysterious dwarfs and giants and goblins that figured in the tales the negro slaves were in the habit of telling them nightly by the shuddering light of the kitchen fire. At the end of nearly a week of travel, the party went into camp near a shabby village which was caving house by house into the hungry Mississippi. The river astonished the children beyond measure. Its mild breath of water seemed an ocean to them. In the shadowy twilight and the vagary band of trees on the further shore, the verge of a continent which surely none but they had ever seen before. Uncle Donald, colored, aged forty, his wife, Aunt Jenny, aged thirty, young Miss Emily Hawkins, young Mars Washington Hawkins, and young Mars Clay, the new member of the family, ranged themselves on a log after supper and contemplated the marvelous river and discussed it. The moon rose and sailed aloft through a maze of shredded cloud wreaths. The somber river just perceptibly brightened under the veiled light. A deep silence pervaded the air and was emphasized at intervals, rather than broken by the hooting of an owl, the baying of a dog, or the muffled crash of a raving bank in the distance. The little company assembled on the log were all children, at least in simplicity and broad and comprehensive ignorance, and the remarks they made about the river were in keeping with the character, and so awed were they by the grandeur and the solemnity of the scene before them, and by their belief that the air was filled with invisible spirits, and that the faint zephyrs were caused by their passing wings, that all their talk took to itself a tinge of the supernatural, and their voices were subdued to a low and reverent tone. Suddenly, Uncle Donald exclaimed, "'Children, that's something a-comin'.' All crowded close together, and every heart beat faster. Uncle Donald pointed down the river with his bony finger. A deep coughing sound troubled the stillness, way toward a wooded cape that jetted into the stream a mile distant. All in an instant a fierce eye of fire shot out froth behind the cape and sent a long, brilliant pathway quivering athwart the dusky water. The coughing grew louder and louder. The glaring eye grew larger and still larger, glared wilder and still wilder. A huge shape developed itself out of the gloom, and from its tall, duplicate horns, dense volumes of smoke, starred and spangled with sparks, poured out and went tumbling away into the farther darkness. Nearer and nearer the thing came, till its long sides began to glow with spots of light which mirrored themselves in the river and attended the monster like a torchlight procession. "'What is it? Oh, what is it, Uncle Dan'l?' With a deep solemnity, the answer came. "'It's the Almighty. Get down on your knees.' It was not necessary to say it twice. They were all kneeling in a moment, and then— while the mysterious coughing rose stronger and stronger, and the threatening glare reached farther and wider, the negro's voice lifted up its supplications. Oh, Lord, we's been mighty wicked, and we knows that we deserve to go to the bad place. But good Lord, dear Lord, we ain't ready yet. We ain't ready. Let these poor children have one more chance, just one more chance, 
take their own niggas if if you's got to help somebody. Good Lord, good dear Lord, we don't know what you's gonna do, and we don't know who you's got your eye on, but we knows by the way you's a coming. We knows by the way you's a tilting along in your chair to fire that some post sinner so gonna catch it. But good Lord, those children don't belong here. They's from Oberstam, where they don't know nothing. And and you knows your own self that they ain't responsible. And dear Lord, good Lord, it ain't like your mercy. It ain't like your pity. It ain't like your long-suffering, loving kindness for to take this kind of advantage of sick little children as those is when they's so many ornery grown folks chuck full of cussedness that wants roasting down there. Oh, Lord, spare the little children. Don't tire the little children from their friends. Just let them off this this once and take it out on the old nigger. Here I is, Lord, here I is. The old nigger's ready, Lord, the old. The flaming and churning steamer was right abreast the party. And not twenty steps away, the awful thunder of a mud valve suddenly burst forth, drowning the prayer, and as suddenly... Uncle Donald snatched a child under each arm and scoured into the woods with the rest of the pack at his heels. And then, ashamed of himself, he halted in the deep darkness and shouted, but rather feebly, Here I is, Lord, here I is. There was a moment of throbbing suspense, and then, to the surprise and the comfort of the party, it was plain that the august presence had gone by, for its dreadful noises were receding. Uncle Dan'l headed a cautious reconnaissance in the direction of the log. Sure enough, the Lord was just turning a point a short distance up the river, and while they looked, the lights winked out, and the coughing diminished by degrees, and presently ceased altogether. Hush! Well, now there's some folks says there ain't no fish in sin, prah. This child would like to know what we'd have been now. If it weren't for that prayer, that's it, that's it. Uncle Donald, do you reckon it was that prayer that saved us? said Clay. Does I reckon? Don't I know it? What was your eyes? Weren't the Lord just a coming chow, 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 and a going on terrible? And do the Lord carry on that way that there's something don't suit him? And weren't he a-looking right at this gang here? And weren't he just a-reaching for him? And you speck he he's going to let him off doubt somebody asked him to do it? No, indeedy. Do you reckon he saw us, Uncle Donald? The law sakes, child. Didn't I see him a-looking at us? Did you feel scared, Uncle Donald? No, sir. When a man is gauged and pry, he ain't afraid of nothing. They can't nothing touch him. Well, what did you run for? Well, I, I, Mars Clay, when a man is under the influence of the spirit, he don't know what he's about. No, sir, that man don't know what he's about. You might take and tie the head off of that man, and he wouldn't scarcely find it out. That's the Hebrews children that went through the fire. They was burnt considerable. Of course they was. But they didn't know nothing about it. He'll ride up again. If they'd been gals, they missed their long hair. Hair. Maybe 
but they wouldn't felt they burn. I don't know but what they were girls. I think they were. Now, Mars Clay, you know better than that. Sometimes a body can't tell whether you're saying what you means or whether you're saying what you don't mean, because you says them both the same way. But how should I know whether they were boys or girls? Goodness sakes, Mars Clay, don't the good books say. Sides, don't it call them the Hebrew children? If they was gals, wouldn't they be the Shebrew children? Some people that can read don't appear to take no notice when they do read. Well, Uncle Dallin, I think that, my, here comes another one up the river. There can't be two. We gone this time. We gone this time. Show. They ain't two, Marsh Clay. They's the same one. The Lord can appear everywhere in a second. Goodness, how do fire and smoke do belch up? That mean business, honey. He coming now like he forgot something. Come long, chillin. Time you's gwenna roost. Go long why you old uncle gwenna out in the woods to wrestle and pray. The old nigga's gonna do what he can to save you again. He did go to the woods and pray, but he went so far that he doubted himself if the Lord heard him when he went by. End of chapter 3. Recording by Dave Dwight. Southern Illinois.